Real News. Honest and fun political talk weekly on the line 90.7 FM. All right, everyone. Our guest for tonight is a huge social media personality, author of Guerrilla Mindset. He's also the filmmaker behind Silence and Hoax. And contrary to some uh, what may think of him, he is actually the journalist that took down Jeffrey Epstein. This is Mike Cernovich. Thank you for thank coming you on. so much. Yeah. My pleasure. Great to hear from you. Yeah, thank you for coming on the show, Mike. Um, and I've been following you since 2016, like probably a lot of people have. And I was just, you know, interested in the fact that you started off as a lawyer and then you became this sort of massive social media personality and sensation. And then you got on 60 Minutes. How did you, and oh, now you've taken down one of the biggest pedophiles and child sex traffickers in the world that we know of. How did you go all the way from lawyer to, you know, taking down these big um, uh, sleazy billionaires? Well, it was a pathway of knowing what levers to kind of pull. That's where the law, the law background came in, the law background set in was there was no way to get a hold of the records in the criminal case involving Jeffrey Epstein, which was a complete disgrace. But then I found – I don't want to call it a loophole, but I found a legal mechanism that could be used to obtain records in a related civil case. And then that's why we sought the, the civil lawsuit. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Like I say, you took down Epstein, but how did you actually do it? Did you like know? Because I know you're involved with Pizzagate a little bit. Did you know uh, already this name was being floated around? How did you actually sort of find the breadcrumb trail? Well, I, Epstein had come up in various names in various legal circles uh, as somebody who got away with a crime. And I looked into it. I'm not sure what the exact year was, but sometime in 2016 when, when all the articles surfaced, like Jimmy Savelle, um, all, this, all this other sort of stuff. And that, that was where this came up. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's interesting. Cause I remember uh, Jimmy Seville from the BBC and all the crazy stuff that was happening with him. Well, yeah, there were a lot. Yeah, there were just a lot of names that came up, and then uh, Prince Andrew came up as having a connection to Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's what was weird about all of this is just a, you would you would hear these names pop up, and it all sounded kind of uh, insane, and then you would look into it and find out it's actually true. Well, what do you think about the Prince Andrew allegations? They, I mean, the, the one of the Epstein's victims claims that he was there. Prince Andrew's definitely laying low. There was even that picture that one of the, the British tabloids posted where it showed him smiling like the day after uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. <laughs> it was, but, you know, that could have been anything, right? You never, you never know, but it was definitely weird and peculiar. Oh, I totally agree. Yeah, so uh, what was do you know like what all Clinton's involvement with like the Epstein stuff was? Like was she uh, you know, was there a lot of stuff going on there, like collusion between those elites? That's we don't that's the problem. Epstein died and now nobody really knows. I remember Bill Clinton had claimed that he'd only been on the airplane a couple of times <laughs> and then it turns out it may have been twenty six <laughs> times. But then the twenty six times might have been like each leg. So refueling stops and nobody knew. And unfortunately, it's a great failure of journalism that the media just hasn't been interested at all in asking him about it. I thought that was pretty telling and revealing that they show no interest at all. Yeah. 
Um, I, I was trying to boost my frequent flyer miles. No, anyway, no, uh, yeah, really bad Clinton impersonation. Anyway, no, uh, Mr. Service, I'm a huge fan. Um, the whole thing, you read the news, the, the it's just blowing up with this Trump impeachment and the Biden, the Biden corruption story. What is it, it, the whole thing is crazy. What is your take on all this? Yeah, there. Joe Biden is on video in a way that can't be disputed, yep. claiming that he forced a prosecutor to be filed to fired for one billion dollars. And now and now people are saying it's a conspiracy theory to claim that Joe Biden did a quid pro quo. And in fact, there's more evidence of a quid pro quo as to Biden than there was as to Trump. And with with so much of this, you know, we cover this in Hoax Movie, which people can get at hoaxmovie.com. But there's no there's no follow up with the Biden stuff. So maybe maybe the prosecutor was corrupt. Maybe the investigation had been closed. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But the media just tells us we can't we can't talk about this. It's just over. It's a conspiracy theory. The end. And that, again, it's so much in life is what the media won't talk about rather than what they do talk about. Yeah, that's a good point because people, you know, aren't going to realize what they're not talking about because they obviously aren't seeing it. And that's why a lot of us here on this show and our viewers appreciate uh, people like you. Even if, you know, you're on the left or the right, doesn't matter. We get to see alternative voices, new voice on social media that aren't uh, held back by the restrictions of these big media giants that will, you know, you know, puts, you know, they'll, they'll prevent stuff from getting printed because, you know, political bias, but also because they don't think it's profitable, a whole bunch of other reasons. Right. And that's too ideological on the um, the mainstream side. And so you have to kind of counterbalance it and find out what's going on. I mean, Trump in a way has been doing that. His video, I think yesterday, either yesterday morning or this morning, the Biden, Biden that's some, mm-hmm. it's done like seven, seven million views. And that raises again, legitimate points. People can mm-hmm. argue about it, but we're in a world now where we're supposed to not even be able to have that conversation and talk about it at all. Yeah. And that ad to the Trump made is killer. Good. Oh my God. I was watching it and it's just perfect. He his persuasion skills and his team are off the charts. One of the best. I know you and Scott Adams talk about this a lot. Uh, how it's just you know on another level, and that's just a perfect example of it. Yeah, they're getting better. They're they're going. They they moved on from the conventional corny, campy political ads of the GOP because their ads in two thousand and. 15 and 16 weren't very good. Yeah. And as they've kind of watched uh, people online, they they learned how to to do better videos. They learned on the internet, basically. Yeah, last question I'll ask about the whole impeachment uh, shenanigans is, like, what do you... I mean, I look at the Democrats doing this, and I think of all the things they think they can get them on, they think it's this one. Like, why do you think they're, you know, doing this now? Is it, you know, to, you know, be, uh, you know, like, give the squad a little something... Uh, to keep them quiet, or do they actually think they're going to get anything out of this? They, you, you never know when you're going to break someone, and that's why they keep um, coming in and keep going hard. Is maybe they'll find something. You'll force an error. A lot of it is just like with any kind of game or any kind of sport you can play. Impeachment increases the pace of play um, as to your opponent, and anytime you're increasing the pace of play, and all this is is a game. That's one thing uh, I wish I had learned when I was a much younger person. I would have had a lot less anger. And now where I'm just cynically view this all as a game and, and none of these people even care is 
they they're forcing Trump. They're pushing the pace. They're driving the narrative. They're trying to drive him crazy. And they also don't have they don't have any kind of agenda, right? Yeah. They they have no agenda, no other way to fight him. So what they're doing is they're pandering to their fringe element, to the the resistance base, because that's where you're going to get all your money from. We'll see what we'll see whether it's going to backfire though in the general election. I, I if it doesn't turn up something, I, it feels to me very much like going all in on poker. If mm-hmm. it doesn't lead to impeachment, then Trump's going to win because they've all looked very ridiculous. Oh yeah, totally. And they can't because it's like they're not. They're never going to get the Senate. They're never going to get like this. It, this is a. It would take. I, I shouldn't say never, but it's like <laughs> never say never. The odds are just. So minute. So, minute. so, so minute. You know, like kind of going back to that whole impeachment thing, like, why do you think they're doing this now out of like all the times to do it? Like Trump's going to be up for reelection in like what, like six, like 12 months, something like that. Why are they doing this at the last minute? Is it because all their candidates suck? Yeah, their candidates suck. They're getting trounced. The the front runner was Joe Biden, who doesn't have any kind of uh, chance really against Trump. They and they weren't accomplishing anything, and they created hysteria over RussiaGate that we now know is one of the greatest conspiracy theories of all time, yeah. and certainly one of the greatest within my lifetime. And now they have to have something. They can, they don't they can't talk about the issues for twelve months. But and besides, well, the only political issues they care about or want to talk about is uh, pronouns and I mean there I don't know if you saw that clip of Cory Booker talking to someone where she said I'm a you know here's my pronouns and then she said something like I'm a vegan something 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 and he, he had this like deer in the head like look like oh god what what have we wrought right and the whole point of her question was saying uh, I, who's the most oppressed that's where the Democrats are headed to policy wise and you you can't have that for 12 months they want to push the agenda and plus they're very aggressive and they they accuse that's uh, right out of Alinsky is right Alinsky says and um, uh, other propagandists other Nazi propagandists that Alinsky no doubt got inspiration from they would say just accuse 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 make them deny so now yet again Trump is being forced to deny something uh, untrue but that's still at least giving the attack and giving the Democrats a reason to attack well, yeah, so you, I know you brought up uh, Saul Alinsky over there. One, I read uh, Rules for Radicals a few months ago, and, like, one of the big things I found on there was use the enemies, like, you know, their standards against themselves. And you finally see the right starting to do that now and, like, this whole cancel culture thing coming out. Like, because I know people, you know, laid criticisms at you for, uh, what was it, James Gunn for getting him, like, fired. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you feel about, like, that tactic of using the left's own, like, cancel culture against themselves and, and just cancel culture in general? If if tweets are going to be – if people are going to lose jobs over tweets, then why, why, why should the left get a pass for their tweets? They'll go, oh, well, we were just joking. Well, you, you said it wasn't a joke if – Sean Hannity, yeah, or somebody. If somebody like Sean Hannity had tweeted that ten years ago, you wouldn't be saying it's a joke. But anytime something on the left hits is a joke, I mean, even a more recent experience, their example is the the Iowa beer guy. He tried to raise beer money, and he ended up getting all these donations for a charity. And then a former BuzzFeed reporter who was working at the Des Moines Register found a couple of jokes from the guy when he was tw- sixteen. And the jokes were even Tosh O references. But in the reporting on the guy who is now 24, Carson King was his name, the reporter 
left out that oh they were Tosh O jokes. So you know you know how it is. You're watching the uh, you're watching a comedy special. You're tweeting jokes back and forth on your friends. You're 16. You live your life and you forget you have those tweets. Well, that that got reported, and then it turned out that the Des Moines, Iowa reporter had tweets that were way worse than than um, Carson King's, and he had a lot more. And so we reported on it, and he ended up getting fired from the Des Moines Register. But in an article in BuzzFeed, the little crybaby says, oh, my, my tweets were twisted out of context and used against me by right-wing ideologues. But so when, so when he finds joke tweets from a guy when he was 16, then that's just he's a reporter. But when people like me find tweets from this person when he was working in journalism, the um, Aaron Calvin, I think was his name. Then yeah. well, that's not reporting. That's just ideologues. And go go after yourselves, guys. Go go after yourselves. We we have to all live by the same rules. And if um, tweets are newsworthy, then they're newsworthy. If they're not, they're not. Yeah, that's a good point. And I I did see this story actually. It was from I think Scott Adams retweeted you on this, and it was you know absolutely ridiculous what was happening. And you know you, I read rules for radicals too actually just over the summer, and I'd say. If anybody doesn't get how the political game works, you got to read that book. It, you know, even if you think the tactics are good or bad, this, these are the tactics people are using. This is how the game is being played. And the Democrats, you know, Hillary Clinton uh, wrote her college thesis on Saul Alinsky. And I bet AOC has read up on Alinsky a lot. And I know you and Scott Adams, I'm, I'm going to mention them a lot because you guys point out some, but, you know, you guys sort of, sort of on the same uh, wavelength on a lot of these things. You were both the first really people to predict AOC would rise to a star level from day one. How do you think she's been doing persuasion and energy wise right now? And where do you see her going next? Well, once, once her, um, handler or whatever left, you notice her tweets don't get much talk anymore, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. She was the, the it kid and clapping back and her Twitter game was so strong. And then a number of people, myself included started to think that she was, um, she's a great actress, but she need or a great singer, and she needs somebody to give her the lines and give her the lyrics. Yeah. And ever since her chief of staff left, and he was a total like, I mean, you want to talk about somebody flirting with evil? You know, they they both had come out in favor of um, Stalin, Stalin tactics, re- repressive regimes, people who committed all kinds of genocide and atrocities. And but I knew that I knew that she was a star for a number of reasons. One is, it it's sort of um, I don't want to be too solipsistic, but if I'm on my Twitter account and I'm seeing her tweets, then okay. I already know she's she's breaking through, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, because I didn't seek her stuff out. And now she's breaking through, and then people are taking the bait in a very predictable way, like, oh, look at how dumb she is. And then I would read her yeah. tweet and say, actually, no, this isn't dumb. Um, this is because people in politics tend to think that if, if it's a bad idea, it must be a stupid idea. But these are two different things. Um, communism is an evil idea, but it isn't a stupid idea because people like AOC want communism so that they can oppress and harm people and put people you know, to, to so that they can be dictators. So that's not a stupid idea for them. That's a quite good idea. It's a quite intelligent idea. That That doesn't mean it's not an evil idea because it is. So so often in politics, people go, "Oh, that's a dumb idea. This is stupid. This is moronic." You're like, no, actually, there's, they're they're playing you and they're drawing you out to get you to amplify their message, knowing that some percentage of your followers are going to like them, and then mimetically they're they're getting this kind of notoriety. And uh, her her tweets were amazing, but oh, then yeah. 
her chief of staff left, and now you hardly ever see them. Yeah, and I know too, because uh, I'd say on this show millions of times, like, guys, this girl ain't stupid. Don't underestimate her. And when I heard her say at the border, she said uh, that the, the, the detainees there in the ICE facilities were drinking out of toilets. That just put my antennas right up. I knew that is engineered. That is totally visual, strong persuasion. That is stuff that's killer. Yeah, these people. Yeah, getting- it was a good visual, and it was what frustrates conservatives is that it's a lie. But I feel like very frustrated with conservatives who are frustrated. It's like a turtles all the way down, right? It's frustration all the way down. Like this is what they do. This is they lie. This is what they do. This is the way they play the game. And then meanwhile, you know, conservatives are crying about Trump being too mean. And I said, no, Trump is playing the game yep. like they play the game. They play the game still even dirtier than Trump does. And they're saying, yeah, drinking from toilets. And then you, you have find out, no, actually, there's a water fountain attached to it. It's a different uh, description. But doesn't matter. The damage is done. People are radicalized and people are going to. There was a guy, for example, in Washington who was trying to commit a terrorist uh, attack on ICE. He was trying to do a mass shooting, it appears. But they, he was stopped before he could really do a full damage. You don't hear the media talking about that, right? Nope. There's all these nope. stories that are even on the East Coast. Um, the three members of Antifa were arrested for attacking United States Marines, and when they um, attacked one United States Marine, they called them SP blank um, C, which is a you know, very bad racial slur for Hispanics. Yeah. And no media coverage. It got like a little local press. Could you imagine if three three members of the Proud Boys or three members of the mm. College Republicans had attacked Marines and, and used that kind of racial language? And the irony, of course, too, is one of the people – you can't script this unless we do live in a simulation, in which case it it is all scripted, (laughs) is one of the men who was arrested, a white man who called the Marine the racial slur, ran a DC account, a prominent account that cooperated with members of the local media and and national media, and it was Smash Racism DC. And now Smash Racism DC, bro, is facing criminal hate, criminal hate <laughs> charges against a Hispanic Marine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the meanwhile, the Proud Boys defend themselves, and they're facing 15, 20 years in prison. Right. And, and that's the problem, too, and, that, and that's how dishonest it all is, because if you don't, like, if you don't read me, you would you wouldn't even know. I'm, I found the guy's name, Joseph Alcoff. You wouldn't even know that these people existed and that they were arrested. Yeah. Even though it is, and this is quite egregious behavior. And then, of course, when the Proud Boys get into mutual combat with Antifa, you know, Antifa shows up, and the Proud Boys fight them back. Yeah. Then somehow the Proud Boys become the hate group, and then what? What Antifa does gets ignored, and then you fight. Or even now, the the uh, ADL is saying the. You know, that Antifa, they just – they said Antifa confronts white supremacists. No, that isn't what they do. No. They go looking for fights. They protest Dinesh D'Souza. Yep. They protest any kind of conservative thing. And that that information then, though, of course, is all laundered up the charts. So then when, when Proud Boys get into a mutual combat situation with Antifa, people who don't really understand these issues go, oh, gosh, the Proud Boys, are they – you know, they must be like the Hell's Angels on on, on steroids, and <laughs> you realize no, it's just a, a drinking club, and they you know would get fights with the Tifa when Antifa started those fights. So. Yep. Hmm. Well, uh, uh, let me let me let me throw a little side note in here. Uh, I, so I like to uh, so I, I like to drive to like upstate New York because I like to go see friends. Yeah. And so I cross 
So one of the things I do is I cross the Tappan Zee Bridge, mm -hmm. right? So, um, and, I, and I've done this for years. But anyway, I recently did it, and I noticed that they changed the name of the bridge to, uh. to Governor, check this out, <laughs> Governor Mario Cuomo Bridge, uh. right? That's, the, that's his dad, right? Yeah. That's the current governor's dad. I was like, I was like, look, that, that so Tappan Zee is uh, named after like Native American, like Tappan Zee Native Americans. So it's like, oh, screw these Native Americans. I'm gonna, I'm gonna name this after my pop. Anyway, sorry about that. I digress. Um, so this impeachment thing. So, the, so the whole impeachment thing. I kind of think it's a, it's a, a method for the Democrats to kind of indirectly take out Biden. For me, because I don't think I don't think that you can do this inquiry without, you know, because too many too many people are going to dig up Biden. They're going to dig up his history. They're going to dig it up. They're going to blow it up. Nobody's going to let that go. Even even if even if MSNBC and CNN turn a blind eye to it, there's too many people that are just going to like throw it throw it in front front of the media. Uh, anyway. Who do you see as a front runner to lose to Trump in 2020? <laughs> I thought I thought the media, well, not that I thought I knew for a fact the media wanted Kamala Harris, but I didn't see that Same. happening. And I yeah. I thought Warren I thought Warren was going to get it, and I mm -hmm. still do think that Warren is going to get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was thinking Kamala Harris for the longest time because she had the right donors, she had the media backing her, and she had the right demographics uh, check boxes all checked. And Warren, I, I guess maybe they're going to have to push her now because Kamala's campaign has fallen so much apart. Unless they're going to swing her in as a VP, I, I, I mean, I think they're changing their strategy right now. I, I don't think that Warren's going to do too well. Like you've seen, Trump already has the nicknames for her. Yeah, Pocahontas. Yeah, she, yeah, like she has so much dirt, and like I, I heard there was a story that like all the Democrats, like really top people on Wall Street, they would not donate to her campaign because of what she was saying about uh, some of these taxes she was proposing. Like it's, it's insane. Like they, the only one I think who would actually have a decent chance against Trump would probably be Yang, and I still think he's he would lose face down because no one's going to support you know like paying people thousand dollars a month but you get enough people out there who go and sit and watch anime all day that probably would <laughs> enjoy something like that but alex what about bernie sanders <laughs> yeah, do you think bernie sold out uh Cernovich? <coughs> no i don't yeah i don't think bernie um i don't think bernie sold out i just i think he he hit his maximum um exposure mm. He hit maximum uh, name recognition, and there was no other way for him to go. So the way the way I, you, these um, so Trump, for example, if Trump hadn't been a worldwide phenomenon known by everybody before he ran, he would not have won. Yeah, and Yang is not going to be known enough, and that's why they they have all these polling requirements. They, the the media in collusion with the DNC, they're trying to make it hard for people like Tulsi Gabbard or Andrew Yang to get any kind of interest about them or any kind of notoriety about them. So then you go, they have to know who you are, and then they have to like your ideas. Well, Bernie he, he, Bernie was a, a known entity, maxed out. Everybody knew who, knew who he was from the last race. Everybody knew his ideas, and that's why he hasn't been going up because what, what reason was there for him to go up? Elizabeth Warren wasn't nearly as well known as Bernie Sanders. She got a little bit of attention during the bailouts in 2012 
uh, in her Senate run, she got a, she got a good amount of press, but not that that saturation press where everybody everybody knows who you are and everybody knows what you're about. And now that she's getting that, the media and of course that's why they tried to give that to they tried to give that to Kamala Harris. Uh, I, I give an example of. There was uh, a guy, Ali Alexander, on Twitter who tweeted yeah. out something about her background, and I won't say it because I don't want to get your radio station flagged. But you know, it, it, it was <laughs> just you. along the lines of Kamala Harris used to advertise herself as the first Indian American senator, and um, and and that was her thing, and then she switched and pivoted to you know play up the really high African American angle, even though she grew up in Canada. So she, so anyway, um, very complicated, but. It wasn't the kind of uh, comment on Twitter that should have got media saturation coverage. They covered it for nine days. Yeah. Every network, some obscure, rel- relatively speaking, I mean, it's not obscure, but that, that certainly was worthy of saturation coverage. But that was the media's way to try to put her over. Oh, we have an excuse to talk about Kamala. Let's talk about her for nine days in a row. But people weren't interested in her and her ideas, and everybody gets the sense that she was um, an evil person. She kept innocent people in on death row, and you, you just get the feeling that okay, she's not gonna she's not gonna go rise up either. But Warren can, yeah. I mean, Biden still, you know, Biden still um, might, <laughs> yeah. He, I senile, but he, he's still. He's still in it. They'll push him there, even if he's in a wheelchair. They'll still roll him in. Um, but I, you know, uh, I, I've noticed that both you and Scott Adams have talked about this huge energy shift that's happening. It's either already happened or it's still in the process of happening. What is the energy shift? What does it mean for America? And, you know, what are your final just sort of projections of, you know, beyond Trump era? It's, that's a great question. I've been talking to a lot of friends about that too. It was about a year ago, and I just a lot of people I talked to independently noticed really strange um, feelings, sensations, body aches. Something just fell off. And I'm not a superstitious person. I'm not a religious person. In fact, I grew up religious and and you know believe things. You know, you believe what you're indoctrinated into as a child. Yeah. So I'm like the, the least superstitious person in the world. And then, I, like forty, you know, forty. I'm forty-two, I guess, pretty soon. I started to just feel weird, like a year, year and a half ago. And a bunch of other people, just like me, they're like, "I don't believe in God. I don't believe in any of this stuff. I don't believe in magic. I don't believe in Marine Williamson. I don't believe in anything." Right? <laughs> Everybody just like felt off. And then you had all these strange things, like Kanye West coming in with the MAGA hat. Yeah. Right. What? What the hell? Where? Where <laughs> did? Where did that come from? Yeah. How did that happen? And then you notice uh, increased radicalization, polarization, which is happening, uh, more kind of uh, terrorism, more people losing their minds because in a in an energy shift, and I call it that just for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. but people people do begin to lose their minds. And Antifa certainly has lost their minds, but on the other hand, there were people losing their minds. You know, the Christchurch shooting, the the synagogue shooting in, in Pennsylvania. Uh, there was a the El Paso. So people are losing their minds. In, in very bad ways. So people who are in tune, I think, to this energy, but are a little bit more mentally rigorous or strong, are going to feel just a little bit off. And that's how I felt. And that's how a lot of people, Scott Adams himself and other people who have, again, not superstitious people, not we're not people who are even religious at all, just fell off. And then when you see all these things happening where people are just completely losing their minds, 
the the energy shift starts to sound a little bit less weird and a little less superstitious. So it's basically a shift towards clown world. Well, it's a shift towards something, but we don't know. Yeah. It's, um, it's a shift in you know the unconscious, collective unconscious mind. We do know, for example, that the because energy shift is hard, it's kind of like gravity. Where you you know gravity is there, but what is gravity really? You can define it. You can write it. A, you know you can write an equation. You can do your math for it. In physics, you can make all your predictions on it. And the same is true in a way of of energy. Like well, you know what is it? You can kind of feel it. You can notice it, for example, or the effects of it. For example, there have been great. It was the revival. George Whitfield did these huge mass revivals. And you notice there's these major popular delusions, major popular trends. So right now, you know, the world's going to end in 12 years. Sure. And th these people believe it. And they're breaking down. And it's like a mass hysteria. Even though whatever your opinions are of, of climate change, it's not – the world's not ending in 12 years. You shouldn't be telling kids this. So there's something, there's something behind that in some way that we – collectively and all at once tend to believe something and because now the way media is fragmented different people believe different things but the energy is underneath it all wow that's an absolutely perfect way to end it where can everybody find you uh Cernovich at well the best thing they should do is watch uh, my movie hoaxedmovie.com h-o-a-x-e-d-m-o-v-i-e.com and, you know, get a feeling for what we're talking about, just media's narrative and even and people listening in who are uh, lefty. This is we made the film for everybody. So I've had a lot of people who are going in there with one expectation and they're pleasantly surprised that it's a little bit different. Wow. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Sandwich, for coming on. We had a great, great, great time with Thank you. Thank you very on. much. Yeah. Yeah. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yep. Thank you. Have a nice day. See you. Bye. Oh my god, that was awesome. That was absolutely awesome. Uh what'd you guys think of it? Well, that was great. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. I think we're getting really good at this stuff. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah like I mean Oh no. I I I I missed the introduction. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that. It I I I don't know why because I think when I picked up the call from him it moved me over to that call so I had to add you but once I did it was good. Uh, but yeah. Like who's this random guy over here just asking? <laughs> well, I th I hope he assumed that it was like you know a co-host, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, I mean, you you have to assume that there's going to be more than one person that's going to be on this radio show. Like, it, yeah, it starts. It, it it's really not very. I don't know. Like, if you're doing a radio show, it's kind of it's kind of oh, off yeah. if you just do it by yourself. Yeah, unless you're Alex Jones. Well, speaking of, like, doesn't Mike Cernovich do a show with him? He sometimes appears on Infowars. I don't know if he does, like, an, I don't think he does an actual show, but he does appear on Infowars. Maybe he could uh, help us get in touch with him so we could get, <laughs> Let's get I would on. love it. I would love it if Alex Jones came on this show. I would scream. <laughs> I would scream. Yeah, that would be so funny. Oh, my God. We'd have to probably hit the dump button a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause you know Alex, like even though he knows he's on radio or you know whatever. Wait, he's been radio teams for a while. Like I think if he knows he's on radio. He knows how to work that. Stuff. Yeah, but he'll still like curse and stuff, and like you know do stuff that we can't do on the radio. Well, we got a dumb button. 
That's true. That's fine. That's fine. We'll roll with it. Yeah, we will. Oh, boy. <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that was cool. But don't control for that double entendre. What? Everyone has to take a dump once in a while. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh we've we've only gotten in trouble for one double entendre, and we all know which one that is. <laughs> uh, but dude, you you hear what's going on with that like one rapper dude that six six nine? He's riding on everybody. Well, what? What do you do? Just started riding on people. Oh, yeah, really? He's like a meme sensation now. Like they're they're dropping memes of like. Um, there's there's one meme of of six nine going and there's Waldo and then he points to where Waldo is in the picture. It's, just, <laughs> it's funny. It's just like I I first saw you referring to what was it um the one that died recently Exion something something uh, Tenation. I I don't know these rappers. I'm not gonna lie. I, I know Kanye and Kanye did like a surprise concert last night in Detroit. If you all saw that, and he's gonna drop his new album "Jesus Is King" on Sunday, is Kanye trying to bring religion back in America? Yeah, a lot, a lot of these rappers, like you know, they'll they have some semblance of some religion somewhere at some point. Mm. Uh, except for this, uh, that other guy, that Takashi dude's like a pedophile. Like he, he's a convicted pedophile. Oh God. Yes, I mean. Ah, oh, that's funny. He's getting out of prison soon, but he's he doesn't want to be put on that uh, what was it that list where like you know you go into hiding because he really can't. He's got like tattoos on his face. He looks like one of those like bear things like from the nineties, <laughs> those, like, those doodle bears. Yeah, like the dude has like rainbow colored like wig. He's got like rainbow colored teeth. He's got like tattoos on his face. Like <laughs> he's gonna get shot. I think. Like, <laughs> Not well, saying, and I'm not saying I, I I condemn that, but like he he almost got like attacked at the airport one day because people were accusing him like they didn't like him because he was a pedophile. Yeah, like he he was like ratting on people. He was in the Bloods, I think the Nine Trey Bloods. Like it, it's some pretty crazy stuff going on with him. Yeah, yeah, we'll keep looking into this stuff and follow it. Interestingly enough, we had last week's guest uh, bump into the studio. Um, May surprise visit. Uh, so Phil here got to meet Cosmic Rebecca IRL. Um, how was it? Uh, seems interesting. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah, so yeah. might have her on again. We'll see. Uh, can't make any promises because we have a busy schedule coming up with guests pretty much every week. So we'll see what happens. You know, we need we if if she does show show up, we need to have Big Al call in again. <laughs> Yeah, that Big was, Al. That dude was a blast. <laughs> Big Al was trying to make some moves on her on the Look, phone. Hey, I mean, can't be mad. Can't be mad at the guy. Look, he's just trying to, you know, I, trying I, to get his. I can't. I can't be mad at I, him. I, I can't Man. be either. But it was just, you know, it was it was a real news first. You know, yeah. it was a first. It is hard to find a lady as a full time truck driver. You know, if you're in yeah, a truck you know, all day, you're not. You can't really go out to the bars that much because you gotta drive. You know, yeah. he's a busy man. He was probably calling in while I was on the road. Yeah, that's why the phone sounds so bad. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But that's some crazy stuff, man. That, that big gal. Yeah, yeah. I I I saw him like actually message Cosmic Rebecca on Twitter. He was tweeting yeah. at her. Yeah. The guy won't stop. Well, I mean, he he tried once. Okay. Let's I know, but he's real. he's persistent. 
He's not giving up. Well, you got well. In some instances, you have to be like, look, <laughs> oh, some people just, you know, you got you got to because you know, so some people want you to kind of like look because if they want to see you the quit, effort, if you quit on the first try, like <laughs> look, it shows know. that you really aren't all aren't, in on aren't them. invested. Yeah, You're not as invested as you should be. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, we'll keep everybody up to date on that because you know it's. You know, it, it, it's interesting seeing the uh, dynamics that unfold on this show. We have very unique guests, very unique callers, and other opportunities. And speaking of callers, if you want to call into the show, you can call in at 814-865-9577, and we can have a conversation, talk about whatever you want, uh, discuss the Cernovich interview, and more. Again, 814-865-9577. Call in to Real News to dive into whatever uh waters you want to dive into well speaking of uh, like crazy people do you see that uh, warning that u.s army issued about possible mass shootings by uh incels oh for the joker movie yeah yeah that's crazy man you know they, these incels are becoming a real problem out there like well, how do we f- they say that that joker movie is like a incel movie like it's sort of uh it paints us the, the from what i've heard from some early reviewers that joker uh starts off as basically an incel that goes ra- radical you know he gets radicalized he and up. <laughs> yeah, yeah incels rise up and he starts like an incel rebellion I could be wrong. I'm actually probably going to see the movie on my birthday since it comes out like a few days after. I'm a huge Batman fan, a huge Joker fan, but not going to lie, I I still don't want this movie to exist because I think it's dumb having a joke origin story, but I'm open-minded. I'm hearing good things, but I'm also hearing some stuff that's saying it's got a little liberal bent to it. Um, I'm hearing that, you know, it's this, you know, like F the rich sort of thing, screw the rich, and he sort of rises up and apparently like he starts, you know, they cut welfare. And so his benefits, you know, for his, I think schizophrenia or whatever, you know, disease he has or a mental illness he has starts, you know, getting worse because he can't get his meds. So I'm starting to get the feeling that it might have some, you know, a leftist angle to it. Well, you know, surprise, surprise, it's the mentally ill leftist who, um, you know, who gets radicalized. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Oh, so is this an Antifa movie? Yeah, that's probably what more what's more likely instead of, like, necessarily just an incel movie. It's like, it's going to take that red pill. Well, what's the difference between the Find incels and Antifa? Pill. Well, not all incels are Antifa. I've known, like, a bunch of them that are actually, like, right-wing. They've gone, like, 4chan and 8chan. They'll be posted. But are all Antifa incels? That's the question. No, you get some strange ones. You get a lot of like, you know, gay Antifa, mm. I imagine, gender queer, all those, That's true. you know. I forgot. Sort of things. And you get your other ones who are just beta. Like, not all beta people are incels. Like, you know, especially these days, you have so many dating apps out there. It's like really not that hard to find a woman if you know how to, like, if you have low enough standards. Yeah. I, I know. I've dabbled in those dating apps. I, I know what you mean. But, yeah, you do have to lower your standards if you want to. Nine times out of ten, get some through a dating app because it's usually, if you're going to have high standards, you're going to go left, left, left the entire time. Swiping left, that is. Not going politically left, but there are probably a lot of left-wing people on those. Or if you're a guy, you're just swiping right on everything and just hoping whatever happens, happens. <laughs> but, okay, so with the Joker movie, okay, mm-hmm. two, th- two things real quick. Uh-huh. One, the Joker movie, I am going to see it because it's directed by Todd Phillips. Todd I, Phillips, yeah. Yeah, so 
guy who made old school guy who made the three hangovers and starsky and hutch yeah so at least you know there's going to be a little bit of a humor oh there's definitely going to be comedy yeah yeah. and and he's he was he would probably be the right one of the right people to do that like for you know for somebody of the you know joker character and Joaquin uh, Phoenix is playing a Joker. He's oh, been yeah. in a few things. I, I forget yeah. what he's in, but I have seen him in stuff. I personally think this... I still think Heath Ledger's is going to be the best Joker ever. I don't think anything's ever going to top that. I think this will probably be like the second best. That's just my guess. But some people might say Nicholson's the second best. And two. Uh, speaking of Cosmic Rebecca... Oh, uh, Big I'll Al, think. Big Al dropped the tweet. What? Right? Yeah. He said, alert, he said, alert. Yeah, like breaking news. <laughs> breaking news. Live. Um, yeah. He's like, hey, Sean, if Cosmic. Oh, if Cosmic, he's listening. Yeah. If Cosmic Rebecca comes on the show again, I will call in again. Such a, <laughs> such a swell lady she is. Look, see? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Well, we're going to have to have her come back on then. Because we saw her. Uh, she gave me a book, actually. I'm, I'm not even kidding you. She gave me Nigel Fr- one of Nigel Farage's books or a book about Nigel Farage. I can't look inside it, apparently. So she put a rubber band around it. There you go. So I can't look inside, but I do have it. And we'll see what we can do. It's just I told her I was trying because she came in like five minutes before the show. I was like, we're busy. We get we got to get the show going. We got service coming on. I uh, didn't want to dismiss her, but we had to move, you know, get the show going. Literally, we had to get the show on the road. Wow, man. Sorry, I'm still processing this whole, entire day. has been just a boof, big rush. Just move, 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 move. Uh, actually, you know what I'll talk about? I, I just remember some super important that's happening tomorrow. How could we forget? Yeah. There is the Service Members United 5K run happening in State College. Registration for this uh, race that benefits veterans. Uh, all proceeds go to the State College v- VFW. It's going to be uh, registration starts at 9 and the actual race starts at 10. Dick Tarrant, Phil and I are going to be there. I'm going to be there as part of Turning Point, uh, USA of Penn State. I'm the president and I want you know the club to give back this year a lot that was one of my big initiatives so gonna show up to the race and also to help our good friend rob uh robert morris who is a amazing guy veteran army ranger terrific guy that's putting this on because there was normally penn state all you know people in the penn state community when now there's a 9-11 run happens every year it's a lot of fun a lot of good support for veterans and service members but this year it's not happening so rob said hey why don't I do it myself. Why don't we do our own thing? That's what we're doing. And it's going to be so cool. That's coming up tomorrow. So if you want to participate in that race, you want to help the veterans, help the community, help the VFWs, please come out. We would love the support. It would be a lot of fun. It's a great cause, and it's going to be awesome. Do you have anything to say? Sorry. Thanks, Heroes, for dropping the ball on the Heroes run. (laughs) Wow. Wouldn't be the first time, would it? Yeah. Yeah, they, I know, okay, I want to be careful because I don't want to misrepresent anyone, but to my knowledge, I know that Rob has reached out to the CRs multiple times, and the CRs finally did say they would help out with this event, but that's it. You know, it's kind of like, hey, we'll help out, but nothing else has happened since then. So hopefully they show up tomorrow. We'll see. We'll see. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't hold your breath. 
yeah. Oh, we also got into some little drama on Twitter. I'm going to talk more about this later. But again, uh, with some people calling out Turning Point and the CRs are getting into it. I think this is more important than Trump impeachment inquiry, Greta Thornburg, which we'll, we will be talking about. What's more important now than any of that is that the president of Barstool Sports has challenged the Penn State College of Com dean to a debate. Now, this is over some comments she made in an NBC article. I will read the comments once I pull them up. But uh, she is getting under fire by him and a bunch of other people on Instagram for you know what she said. And when we when we were, I heard about this from somebody in Group Me. One of our TPSA members met me and said, "Hey, can we talk about this at the beginning?" I'm like, "Of course we can," because Barstool Sports, for anybody who doesn't know, it's basically. If a frat boy made a site about drinking and sports and, you know, male fun, like it's like one big, you know, fratty thing, that's basically Barstool Sports. You can like that, hate that. Look, I'm not in a frat. I don't even drink, as many, uh, you know, uh, frequent listeners will know. But I still think Barstool Sports is perfectly fine. If people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. And I don't see them doing anything bad. Now, what the Penn State uh, dean was saying was, uh, I'm still trying to find this article so long. What she was saying was absolutely ridiculous because she was trying to say that it's a conservative, um, you know, or has a political bent to it. She said, conser- and this is an NBC article, she said, quote, conservative ideology appears to be a core part of barstool sports, especially its portrayal of gender roles with hyper-masculine, sports-loving men, and hyper-sexualized, submissive women. The site's reinforcement of conservative American value values is what makes its content stand out from its competitors, Marie Harden, dean of Penn State's Donald P. Bell, Sario at College Communications said. And then she also said, quote, in many ways, Barstool has resisted some of the more progressive discourse around sports, and I think there's a niche for that. She said, there's a market there, and they're able to capture that. How is Barstool conservative? They don't talk about politics, and sports is for men and women. What, what, I don't get what she's, you know, upset about here. Uh, I think she's just trying to tie, I, I, I think there's just, trying to tie something political like like political to something that they view as masculine uh, like and i don't know I, like it's not there's it's 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 not it's sports like it's sports they cover sports and yes they do uh, yes there's some drinking and yes there's some uh, you know there's some social stuff there but like the for the most part it's sports like every, everybody that follows sports there's a there's a wide variety of people that follow sports it's not just you know you know women with you know in sexualized uh, positions or whatever it's like look it's 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 a whole bunch of people you know and you ever go to a bar there's a whole there's there's just a whole a whole bunch of people like it's it's not just one person it's not just one political party it's not just one it's like it's it's so crazy the what she said was so out there and it's like well I, and a lot of people agree with you and yeah. a lot there's going to be a lot of people agree with her too on the left definitely well, 
But well, so what I thought would be good was we have the debate like he challenged yeah, her to. Yeah. And so on Twitter, on the TPOSA Penn State Twitter, I threw out there an offer. I said, hey, we'll host the debate. We'll do it. We'll run the whole thing. Yeah. We'll get going. You know, you don't have to do anything. You just got to show up. We can agree to some terms, which I think is great. We'll have civil discord. Yeah. And on top of it, because the Barstool Sports guy won up the whole thing by saying, if she accepts the debate author, he'll donate $20,000 Thon mm-hmm. to help cancer kids. Yeah. Love it. There's only yeah. good that can come out of this. Yeah. Only great things. $20,000 is a lot of money and it can help a lot of people. So guess what he did after I tweeted this out? He replied to us within a few yeah. minutes and he said, I'm in. Yeah. We'll do it. She, you know, and then I added her and asked her if she'd be in. I got no reply. Yeah. So we emailed her. We're going to see what she says. And I just told her, I said, look, we don't have to agree to debate now. Let's just meet up. Let's just meet. Let's talk about it. Because I want to make this happen. A lot of people want to make this happen. I know Thon wants to make this happen. It'd be great. It'd be a lot of fun. And this, let's think even bigger picture. This could become a yearly event. Every year we get $20,000 more for Thon. That'd be awesome. And people are going to come and they're going to donate. They're, we're going to get more than $20,000. It's just, it can become such the, a big event. The possibilities are there. I mean, yeah. but. 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 There's always a but. Uh, yeah, the, the, the comms professor would probably not gain very much from all of this. You I'm know, just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, look, we, it's a good thing. Like, look, we're trying to get a debate. We're trying to get all this, uh, you know, we're trying to make all this happen, but I could see why, uh, Miss Professor would be a little reluctant to go <laughs> through with something like this because if she got like say we had this debate and then she got owned or something like it would be it would be nightmarish for her yeah yeah but she would gain um the opportunity to help fawn kids she would she would gain the opportunity of getting destroyed (laughs) look destroyed in the name of helping cancer kids yeah no she, (laughs) she she wants to keep her Hey, but here's the thing. She's probably going to want to keep her dignity intact. And I'll let Alex um, uh, get in on this, too, because I know he's got something to say. The last thing I'll say is that, look, if you're going to say something to NBC, one of the biggest news outlets in the world where everybody's going to see it, you should be able to defend it. You know, that's what I'm always taught. If you're going to say something, you should be able to defend it. You should be able to back it up. Yeah. And if you can't, don't say it. Yeah. Well, here's here's the thing. So what she said was that they're inherently political, right? Mm -hmm. She said they have political, like ideology in it well, conservative ideology i don't like i would well technically actually i think she could theoretically be correct in that because and now hear me out i think the left has gone so nutty that stuff you know 10 20 years ago that both part like you know you people who have sports and believe then that masculine men are a thing and don't hate masculinity you know i think it's now become so politically charged the left that you can't even be like you know traditionally like masculine and still be a fr- like on the left theoretically you know it has gone so crazy that something that would be considered apolitical at any other point in history is now considered conservative mm. because like look like the bathrooms are now a political statement you know you see a, a male bathroom that's a political statement you know it, everything has become politicized and it's the exact result of the left it's not a conservative bias it's a non-radical leftist bias and i think you know, 
And that's not a problem because I think a lot of things are really, you know, technically biased. If you put in that respect, you know, the bathrooms are biased. Everything's biased because they don't cater to the whims of the left. Like if it would cater to the whims of the left, it wouldn't be fun. You know, you have ESPN, like ESPN is overtly leftist. And, you know, that's, I think, what they consider apolitical because they don't see, you know, kowtowing to the left as being political. They see like, you know, just that's how they expect everyone to do things. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing, too. Barstool's, you know, sports, uh, you know, I guess you say the culture it represents. It represents college culture, but it represents the, and again, I don't like drinking, but it, it, it represents fun to a lot of people because they share videos of people at college having fun drinking and, you know, women too having fun drinking, guys and gals, all this sort of stuff. It's not a... um. You know, uh, it's not like they're like take like because she kind of says like they're you know ma- making women you know they're pushing the idea of submissive women, but they're really just sharing a lot of other people's content, a lot of things that people choose to do, and they just sort of share. Like if you look on Instagram, it's basically just they're sort of reposting Snapchats basically or Snapchat stories, and I, th- I I mean the way I look at it is if if conservative ideology is now about being about the is being the fun side if you're being fun if you're being uh just a typical college kid then I guess that's what conservatism is now I, I, am I wrong is is that what it is now maybe she's right is I that- I just think that yeah like they've gone so far left that you know everything's right everything that's not overtly left is right to them. Yeah, and that's there. There is a term for that. Like there, I forget. I, I know uh, Mr. Mecker brought this up before. Like any organization that's not, you know, their basic founding principle is to be like something right leaning will inherently turn left. And since this isn't turning left as much as they'd like it, you know, they consider it right wing because yeah. of that. Well, yeah, and like, also because the right is all about tradition and whatnot. And I, I, th- I again, I love to have a debate to know her full thoughts on this, but I think. When you see men doing manly things in sports and women doing womanly things in sports, that in some people's minds looks like traditional gender roles, even though it's completely normal what people are doing on barstool sports stuff. And so that's how they go, oh, this must be conservative. Oh, they don't have any transgender people. Oh, they don't have any non-binaries. Oh, they're not mixing men and women in sports. Like, I think that's where this is coming from. Could be wrong, but that's just a guess. Well, I think that, like, there's inherent, like, anti-leftist, you know, anti-far-left, anti-super, like, communist, socialist, left, like, leaning towards in sports. Because just look at it, like, you know how, you know, you mentioned transgenders in sports. Like, if you oppose that, and there's many reasons why someone who believes in sports would oppose that, Mm -hmm. you know, there's going to be a problem. Because they, that's what their ideology asks for. Yeah. So, you know, if you like sports... You know, you can't be a super, super leftist. Like, you know, you can always be, you know, just generally left-leaning person, have views which, you know, 10 years ago would be considered, you know, moderate left. But now that would almost be considered like a centrist view. Yeah. Well, and I think Dave Portnoy, because he went on Tucker Carlson like a few days ago, and that's how this all kind of got started. I bet he's conservative. Don't get me wrong. I bet he's conservative. But I don't see his conservatism bleeding into his company necessarily. I mean, I don't see the company being about conservatism. I don't see Barstool Sports being about conservatism. Even though she says conservative ideology is at its core, I just don't see that. I just see sports and drinking at its core, which is... Well, 
I, I think in that regards too, like I think fraternities, they'd call like any fraternity, like unless it'd be like a black only fraternity or black only sorority or something along the lines of that. And they do have those. Yes, they do. They, they would probably consider, you know, the vast majority of just plain old fraternities to be right wing because it's men who congregate and it's a man, it's a male only space. And the only people who are allowed to have, you know, spaces dedicated to themselves would be like women and, you know, LGBT and racial minorities. Well, see, the way so, I look at it is, you know, every sort of, I guess say group does like to have their own space. You know, you have the um, LGBT people will have clubs around their identity and their things. Uh, you have women around like women in politics, women in this, women that, women in sports. So women have their own little space. Guys, they can have their own space too, right? What's wrong with that? Yeah, I don't think there's any problem with people having their own space. And for the longest time, that was the norm. Like, you know, you'd have men's clubs you know, that weren't, you know, gentlemen's clubs. Yeah. You know, like actually had real gentlemen's clubs. You'd have fraternal organizations. You still see them every now and again, but like they're demonized so much. Yeah, like but, the Proud Boys. Yeah, but you'll see universities, they'll have, uh, you know, like, racial only like dorms like i don't know if penn state has that but i know a bunch of other universities have like a you know like you can graduate with you know lavender or you can graduate with all these other things based on whatever you know marginalized class you consider yourself to be a part of yeah so i I just kind of think they're trying to destroy the white i like not even white identity just like you know male identity with with this stuff and by giving it like well i guess the white male identity by giving everyone else who's not one of those two things around you know not both of those around separate thing and you know it's kind of crazy they're doing that and i like to add to that even though turning point's going to be hosting this or wants to host this debate i know for a fact people that know nothing about turning point don't care about turning point don't even like turning point they're going to show up to this thing. This is a big deal in college. Barstool Sports has millions of followers. The Penn State one specifically, Barstool Sports of Penn State, has hundreds of thousands of followers. People are going to show up for this. I mean, you're going to. we could fill Eisenhower Auditorium of 2,500 people easily. We might have to upgrade mm-hmm. to the PJC because people would come out for this because this is a core part of college culture. And if the dean of college communications is listening to this, I just have a simple message for you, and it's just let's have a meeting. Let's talk. It's that simple. I mean, call in. Call in. Call yeah. in. Look. At hey, 9577 Yeah. We're, uh, we're, we're agreeable. We're, we're agreeable we're reasonable people. Too. Yeah. Yeah, look, yeah. I'm not Love even a hard-line, far-right conservative. You, you guys were you know, going after me hard for my anti-vaping stance the other week. You know, I mean, and I'm not saying that to try to look fair or play even or any of that. I'm just saying, I'm reasonable. I'll look at both sides. I'll hear you out. And we just want to host a debate. We don't even want to take a stance. We don't want to do anything other than host it. And I think it would be very fun. It would be great for everyone. It would be fabulous. It would be fun. It would be just the best thing ever. So... If you don't want to do it, that's fine. But let's at least talk about it. Let's have a conversation. Nothing bad can come out of conversation. It only pushes things forward. It only makes things better. There's nothing wrong with it. And there's a petition online now where, you know, I think it's at over 100 people sign it. They want the debate to happen. I'm telling you, it's going to be a popular event. It's going to be a great event. It'll be great for Penn State and beyond. So 
Let's just talk. My exec board, Turning Point USA, is more than welcome to talk. Let's just talk. Any other comments? No, I think that's a great idea. I, I think it'd be wonderful to have a debate, and I'm surprised that, you know, they'd object to that. Let's talk about the big story of the week, which, <laughs> of course, we talk about our big story near the end here because we had a whole bunch of other cool stuff happening. Trump is getting the impeachment inquiry, I guess we're going to call it for now. Yeah. He's getting it already. We're approaching the election, and it's happening. Nancy Pelosi launched the impeachment inquiry this week, and it was over a phone call deal with the president of Ukraine, where they claim originally, this is what they originally claimed, that Trump had made basically a quid pro pro with them. Quid pro quo. I keep screwing mm -hmm, that term up. Mm -hmm. Where they said, oh, he was talking to the president of Ukraine and he was asking him to do a favor and to investigate Biden and Biden's son over what was happening there, which is really complicated. And I still really don't even fully understand it. Because basically some sort of investigation sound was dropped or a prosecution was dropped. I don't know why. You can fact check, fact check me on that. So the transcripts got released. Trump released them and it showed there was no quid pro quo. Nothing. None. Zero. Zip. Of course, that's not what the Democrats are saying, but you read the transcript, it's not there. It just isn't. I literally think these people are imagining it. And now Trump is claiming the whistleblower had political bias and was, you know, in favor of rival candidates. So we're going to see what happens, but this is insanely stupid what's happening. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so so we'll we'll try to we'll try to explain it a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Okay. So uh Hunter Biden, the youngest son of joe biden i think the, i think he's the youngest son anyway yeah, i think so so he took a took a board job with burisma holdings which is like a natural gas company in ukraine he took a board job uh where he was where he was making fifty thousand dollars a month or something like that and uh, he's young. He's like just just out of college, and, and the, that whole thing, the whole um, the reasoning for him getting into the board was kind of questionable because he was still young, kind of not that long out of college. Um, he was kicked out of the Navy reserves for testing positive for cocaine. It was like the whole thing was just like it was sketchy. It was like okay. You clearly only got this job because your last name is Biden. While Biden was still vice president of the United States. So the lead prosecutor, the lead uh, which would be like a DA here in Ukraine was was going to investigate Burisma Holdings and particularly Hunter like Hunter Biden and the associations tied to it. And Joe Biden basically said, uh, we're going to block your billion dollar yeah. foreign aid if you yeah. don't, if you, unless you fire this lead prosecutor. So sure enough, you know, they fired this lead prosecutor and the whole thing ended up disintegrating. So that's the story behind that. And so Donald Trump wanted to basically, uh, he want. I guess he was looking. Uh, that, well, what they're saying is he called the president of the Ukraine 
to say, hey, I would like it if you investigated this situation, which um, if true, if it's true, uh, while it would be borderline unprofessional, it's not illegal, uh, yeah. not illegal and completely warranted because let's be real. It's kind of dirty. If it's true, it's dirty, right? It's seriously, seriously dirty. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's where we're at. They're, 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 they're impeaching Trump for quid pro quo on, but Joe Biden basically did the same thing and then bragged bragged about about it. it. It's on video. It's on video. Yes. And again, we, there's a Trump ad out about this that shows him bragging about it. It's just the most, you know, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's like, I can't say the word on air, so I'm trying to find a better word, but it's like the most, you know, I can't crazy. think of a word, crazy evidence that you could get. Like, it's yeah. so, you know, it's, it's sticky. It, like, no, that that's crazy. Like, there's no reason other than by the coattails of Joe Biden and Obama that his son is working in that position, making that kind of money. Yeah. Like, how many people who got kicked out of the military for doing drugs find themselves, you know, in, in a foreign power yeah. with, you know, a shape like a, you know, a, a, a different comp, like a different country doing that level of stuff. Like what qualifications does he have for that job? Like, you know, that should be a, a crazy shame on Joe Biden for allowing that, for causing that to happen. That like, no, there's no excuse for it. There is no excuse except for the left doesn't want to hear it because, you know, it's Trump's fault for, you know, trying to get to the bottom of clearly illegal activity on behalf, you know, of Hunter Biden and probably through the means of Joe Biden. Like, this is a legitimate story and, you know, something that should be investigated. Like, and look what Obama did to Trump, too. Like, he paid a foreign power, you know where they colluded with the British government to go and try to, like a British secret operative, to go and get dirt on Trump. But, you know, that's okay. Even though, and the thing is, too, like, Joe Biden isn't even, like, a presidential, like, front runner right now. He's probably not going to get that nomination because he's got some support on him. He's not even the nominee. So, like, and it's his son, too. And, yeah. you know, Obama did all that same stuff to all of Trump's kids, but no one's talking about it. And I love how they're getting Trump not on Russia stuff, on Ukraine. That's where they're going now. Like, Russia failed. It was a total hoax, total mm-hmm. failure. So now they're mm-hmm. moving to the next country over, Ukraine, and trying to get them on that. I think they're they're a mess. Okay. I'm trying to remove bias from this, trying to remove all my political views from it, and just look at a strategic, objective standpoint. This is just a dumb play. It's dumb. I don't even think Nancy Pelosi had the transcript. She might have. Somebody in the DNC might have said, hey, this is what Trump said on the phone, and we know we've seen the transcript. It's possible. But I don't really think... I mean, they put so many chips... They put all their chips down on this. And it, it's, it was a stupid time to do it, unless they think this is the best they're going to get. But to me, it was really stupid, really bad play. I think this it's going to blow up. I think this could be calculated. They're try, Like I said before, I think they're trying to take Biden out of the out Well, of the they've frame. been trying the whole time. If you well, watch this CNN. Would do it. Yeah, yeah, this would do it, right? Because it, it, it would 
it would give them the lever it would give them the enough leverage to take Biden out of the out of the race without implicating anybody like yeah. like anybody in the media cuz mm-hmm. everybody else all the small media are going to they're not going to shut up about this they're yeah. not, they're already they're already like like look how much information all I did was listen to YouTube videos and I figured all this mess out I'm like look they're not going to let they're not going to let this go and yeah it's going to it's going to it's going to wreck Biden oh, yeah. they don't and they know because look they know they can't they're not going to be able to affect Trump really at all, because if you're try if you're going to try to like impeach him and then try to like remove him, it's 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 never going to happen. No. You're never going to have the Senate to be able to to pull it off, and um, and I just I just think this was strategic in that like a long term play because they don't want Biden like they don't want Biden to be the, the no, front runner or they the don't. nominee. So and but they don't want to. They don't want like MSNBC or CNN or anybody like that to, to put a smear job on Joe Biden. So they'll do this, knowing that everybody else will push push Biden out of the door. And yeah. then, and that's what they've wanted the whole time. If you watch CNN, they were always going after Biden and trying to prop up Kamala. Yeah. I think you're going to see a shift where they try to prop up Warren or somebody else and try to get Biden out of the picture. Yeah. On top of this. I think, oh, God, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I'm sick, so my mind is, like, not working these past few days. But I'll think of it later. But, but this is, yeah, but but I, it's going to be, I, it's going to galvanize. And, and, and here's the thing. What if, and, and here's the thing, uh, another thing to look at. What if Biden still wins the nomination? <laughs> That'd be like funny. that's the that that's the the worst thing. The worst thing that could happen to the Democrats really would be Biden still winning the nomination because oh. nobody's going to let this go. Nobody's going to let this go, and Trump is going to have an easy. He's going to ride this thing for everything it's worth, and 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 he'll get reelected. He'll he'll definitely get reelected. Well, the thing is, like, he's got so much baggage, not even this included. Yeah. Like, all the stuff that happened, like, they call him, like, a segregationist and all this other stuff. Like, he's got a lot of baggage yeah. for him, and he's really not going to, like, you know, get the base up. Because, like, like, a lot of these people, you know, there's minorities out there who would vote for someone just because there's infill or something, you know? Yeah, and the other thing, too, is... Like the the Trump campaign has raised, I think it's probably more now. I think it was like fifteen million dollars since this thing started. Mm-hmm. They raised because of this. This is helping Trump so much. I mean, it's going to be a landslide in twenty twenty. No matter who's a nominee, landslide because of this and many other things. Because just like with Kavanaugh, which was literally a year ago, right around this time, this whole Kavanaugh thing that united the right, that brought the base out, that got people energized, that got people up. This is doing the same thing. If they did this right before the election, oh my God, I would be like so happy. I'd be cheering. I'd be like, yeah, we're going to win so easily now. But I remember the thing I was going to say now, which is there is one really good thing that's coming out of this too. That's, I I think we already kind of know this stuff, but it's really, it's putting certain things in writing and it's really shining light on who are the cucks with a C uh, in the party. 
or that are not in the party too. I, I should be a little clear on that anymore. For example, Justin Amash. Oh my God, this guy drives me up a wall. I cannot stand this guy. I've never, ever liked him. Because he started saying that Trump should be impeached over the Russia stuff. And then he left the Republican Party. And now, as an independent, he's saying basically that Trump, you know, should be impeached over this Ukraine stuff. He's, I forget how he worded it, but that's basically what he's saying, in my opinion, is that Trump should be impeached over this stuff. God, see, that's where this... And, and Romney even said, like, oh, this is, like, troubling. He said something along those lines, I think. You're really seeing who the establishment, who the never-Trumpers really are and what they really believe and how far they're really willing to go because of this. And, th oh, my God, it just... I, you know, obviously, I'm a right-wing guy. I'm a more conservative guy. I'm a pro, super pro-Trump guy, America first guy. I love people like Trump. And, of course, I'm going to disagree with the Democrats and not like their ideas. But at least they're mostly upfront with their ideas. At least they're mostly upfront with what they believe. These rhinos, these uh, cucks with a C, those people are not upfront about these things. Those people are, you know... Democrats in Republican um, clothing, and it's, uh, God, it's just, I, I want authenticity. I want honesty. I want these people out of the party. I want them to just be upfront with what they believe. I'm actually glad Justin Amash left. I was so happy. I was like, good riddance. But man, that guy drives me up a wall because I still see all these libertarians and these sort of centristy independents going, oh, look at Justin Amash. And then the left goes, oh my God, look how great he is. He, they, they always roll out like Romney. When you see Romney getting rolled out and um, attacking Republicans, that's when you know it's total crap. That's when you know it's total crap. So they're going to, once they roll Romney out, you know, which they're going to do, and then, then they roll Justin Amash out, they roll all these guys out, these like three right-ish leaning people to say how bad Republicans are, to criticize Republicans. That's when you know, you know, it's another sort of, that's when the media is trying to keep the story alive, you know? Yeah. I, 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 I feel like they're doing, they're doing this just because, like, yeah, they're they're taking shots at Trump now because you went after an establishment politician. Yep. You went after like right or left. If you go after an establishment politician, we're we're gonna we're gonna fight back. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. What do you think of Amash, Alex? Uh, never cared for him. I, I don't like those sorts of Republicans. Like I mean, the college Republicans almost like these sort of people who are just so pro-establishment that they hate what Trump represents. He hate they hate the people, you know, the common people, because they hate populism. They hate, you know, all these sort of things. And it's it's annoying. And I hope that they you know, this is good because they'll get them out of the party. Yeah, you know, these people have no. I have no desire for them to be on the uh, you know in, in the real Republican Party. There, a lot of these people are elitists. You know, they live in these like I mean Trump you know he's got a ton of money but he'll still talk to people like you can you can be rich and not be an elitist well yeah and you yeah you know whatever you, like high you class. nailed it you nailed it Alex like you 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 don't have to be like look these establishment politicians are the 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 big the for me the biggest gripe is that they are so 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 out of touch with what's going on in the in the, in the real country, world in the in the real world because they, they they they're so far gone 
from the real world that like you, like at least yes Donald Trump uh is rich he's a billionaire he's like you know but it's like he's ran he's ran businesses he's ran organizations there's there's still somewhat of a connect with how the economy's going and with how like people operate and it's like it's like and, and and like how to solve pro even just how to solve problems, right? You see yeah. how Trump solves a problem. He knows how to do it. Right. Even He's if he like, doesn't know everything about problem, he knows how to solve it. It's direct, it's to the point, it's you know, and he and he takes care of it. Whereas it's like a there's like this political weaving toward like you're not really doing anything. It's like, well, how can I take advantage of this problem to really benefit me? Versus, yeah. well, let's just solve this problem and then just get on with our day. A perfect example where he's talking about the climate change, which we're going to talk about in a bit of Greta Th uh, Thornburg, I think I'm pronouncing her name right. Yeah. But I wanted to say also about the College Republicans when you mentioned that, Alex. When we got into that little thing on Twitter where we were proposing uh, to host a debate at Barstool Sports and the Penn State uh, Dean of Communications, um, I said that we were a nonpartisan organization because we technically are. <laughs> you may not believe it based on the stuff we do, but we technically are. We are a nonpartisan uh, 501c3 organization. And so one person commented on Twitter, replied to him and said, Turing Point claiming to be nonpartisan is actually hilarious. Definitely not the group you want to associate yourself with. And then the Penn State College Republicans said, we're out here being partisan for the record. <laughs> okay. Sure. Yeah, like under Michael Straw. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like the college Republicans, they they don't know what they're doing. They they see they're exactly like those sorts of people. Like when I was with them, they seem to be country club Republicans. Now things could theoretically have changed since yes. then, but I've been there. I've been there for years, and I don't think a single no, like nothing's changed. Of the college Republicans voted for Trump since I was there. These are you know, the same people. Like let, let let's put this in perspective, right? One 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 of the main complaints was that like. You know, they that like they use the due money to basically benefit themselves. And every member of the current administration went to CPAC last year. That's just a coincidence. That's just a coincidence. But like, yeah, you just connect the dots. You just connect the dots. Look, it's the same. It's much more. It's it's more basically more of the same thing. Like we tried. We tried helping. We tried to like we tried to, you know. Well, you know what the CI is? The College Independent supposedly said that Turning Point tried to get its members into the College Republican board last year. That's what they somebody said there being said, according to somebody that was there. No, we didn't. Oh, no. no. <laughs> I wish we did, but we yeah. didn't. No, that's not what we did. No, we, we no, we tried to get we tried to basically get a we we tried to get Rob. Like we tried yeah, to get Rob. Yeah, he's in. not he doesn't even come to he's Turning an, Point. Like, like there's cause cause I'm thinking like, okay, so who who would be a good leader? And and he, he uh, this is somebody that generally wanted the position, and it's like he would make a fantastic leader. Yeah. So like, Army and, and Ranger of course veteran. I'm yeah, and and I'm and I'm a disabled veteran, right? Yeah. And I'm like, look, let's let's <laughs> let's help him make it happen, and then and then come like when all this shady stuff was going on to keep him out, then it's like, then it's like, well, now I got to start digging. Yeah. And then when I start digging, I start finding stuff. Yeah. And look, I think the current president, Max, really nice guy. I think he's really smart, really yeah. capable. You know, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how he does with it. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. But the thing is, 
I, I the past history of the college Republicans is also reflective from what I've been told of college Republicans everywhere. We talked about this on the show so many times, but man, when I, I, I was even, I was just doing a collegian interview, which that's going to come out soon about this whole barstool thing. And when I was doing it, like one of the things that I reflected on was the fact that like, you know, everybody's going to want to get in on this debate, but I don't think anybody's going to do as good as turning point. We are the only club that does free speech better than anyone else. We're the only club that does debate better than anyone else because number one, our meetings have people from all over the spectrum. We have centrists, right-wingers, left-wingers, libertarians, ANCAPs, communists, socialists, feminists, you name it, it has shown up to our meetings. Uh, well, not fur yet, but you know, maybe we can change that one of these days. I'll have Alex show up to a meeting. Maybe they're hiding. They could be there in plain sight. <laughs> yeah, you don't know. I uh, want to dress up as a little cow. It'd be nice. Uh, like, aren't the contrapolicans so like, do. <laughs> not even doing a lot of their own events themselves? Like, that to go and team up with Yao, which is like a failing club. Well, here's the thing about yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about this real quick, um, and then we're gonna go into Greta a bit. Apparently, in announcing the, the college Republicans group me, Yao or CRS, I still don't even know who's doing it. But they, somebody from their club said that they're hoping to bring Dave Rubin, and they're making a very big promise. Now, what I want to say is somebody who's done events, successful events, huge events, over 700 people to uh, Donald Trump Jr. style events, you don't, before anything is set in stone, you do not say a word about who you're talking to, what's happening, or anything. You, you tease people, you hype them up a bit. That's it, but you don't make promises. You wanna know why? Because if you don't keep the promise, disappointment. That's what always happens. Disappointment, one of the worst feelings ever is disappointment. Everybody hates disappointment. So we have an October event coming up, October 23rd. Yeah, it's getting close. But we still have some pieces that need to click into play still before it actually happens. 99% chance it does happen before we already have planned. And we're going to obviously talk about that on the show when we have it. It'll probably be announced this week or next week. We still haven't told anybody that who our speakers are going to be because we want to make promises we can't keep or that could fall through because you mm -hmm. never know what's going to happen. But mm -hmm. you also need to hype up events. And when you announce something months later before you can get UPAC funding and all this other stuff, you can't build hype effectively because people already know they're going to forget and they're going to go oh, that's happening but if you announce it like three weeks before four weeks before and you build hype you advertise that brings people out you have a successful jam-packed event with people filling it up and you have to so much that you have to turn people away that's how you run events if anybody's listening you're welcome for that lesson because i'm literally telling you how to make it successful literally telling you it's not that big of a secret but if you don't know what you're doing it's going to be a failure. I'm sorry. And I didn't know what I was doing with our past events, but I learned real quick. And that's what you have to do. Uh, any other final thoughts or else we're going to move on to Greta? No, you nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. I yeah. try. So Greta Thornburn, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right, spoke at the UN basically saying, oh, everybody's dying. Climate change is terrible and everybody's going to die. You ruined my childhood. <laughs> yeah, you ruined my childhood. She literally said that. She is 16-year-old. She has Asperger's. And she's been in the works for many years as a climate change activist. She's been speaking at many events. And now she's gotten uh, her chance in the spotlight. And Trump even tweeted after seeing her speech. She said he, he had the best way of handling her. Because it's, I'll explain the tactics behind this in a second. But he said, quote, she seems like a very happy young girl looking forward to a bright and wonderful future. So nice to see. <laughs> Perfect sarcasm perfect sarcasm why is that perfect why is that the best response it's because look she's a child 
the the left knows, and they've used children many times before. Mm-hmm. Parkland's a good example. Yep. They know a child is your best shield for your ideas because the child can say whatever they want and you can't attack them because if you do, you're going to be called a meanie, a bully, a terrible person uh, because you're attacking a child. You're attacking somebody that's innocent and young. It is always a bad look to attack a child. So Trump didn't attack her. He used sarcasm. It is so clever, so smart, and it worked. It stuck. She even actually changed her bio too, which was a not gonna lie, a clever move on her part or the people work or you know, people pulling her strings. But that's where I'm not really pissed off at her, to be honest with you. Even though I think she's emotional, she doesn't know anything she's talking about. She's not a scientist. She's emotion you know, uh, emotionally charged and just sort of uh what, what, what I'm pissed off is at the adults. A human shield. That's what she is. She's the left uses human shields. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that same thing. Like they did the same thing with David Hogg. Exactly. Like, people you cannot attack, but they use them as these like glass mascots. You know, you can't throw anything at them. Glass mascots. I like that phrase. That's perfect. Because here's the thing. She's a puppet. She's just being used and she doesn't know it. That's what's really sickening is that there are adults, her parents and these, uh, you know, the DNC or the left wing activists, whoever you want to call them. These big adults are pulling her strings, giving her scripts, telling her what to say. Because if you see her off script, she doesn't know what to say. There's videos out there of people asking her questions and she's lost. She just goes back to her script. They are scripting her and using her. It is terrible. And, you know, I don't think she's going to last because of it. You know, because people will see through it. And look, we shouldn't be taking political advice and making policy off of children. Okay? Yeah. They're the least experienced demographic in the world. They don't know what they're talking about. I was a child. I still kind of am. I don't know what I'm talking about. But I can vote now. I'm a college student. This girl can't vote. Can't even drive. Why should we be listening to her? We shouldn't be. We shouldn't listen to any child on any politics but at this, all. But this is, what the, this is what the left does, though. Like, they can't debate because their ideas suck. They can't, I mean, the, there's no logic. It, the ideas that they present and what few ideas they do have are just absolutely astronomically crazy. Yeah. So what's left to do? Hide behind children, right? Yeah. That's, that's the only thing you do. As George Carlin says, politicians hide behind, I think he said four things, the flag, or three things, yes, the flag, the Bible, and children. Yeah. Always. Mm. That's sad, you know. I thought we were better than using child soldiers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, apparently like, not. It, like what? What's like? It, it's just so despicable of a tactic. Like I hate that. I hate that's what politics has become. Yeah, it's time to go and use children to go and deliver a political message. That is so unethical, and that the Democrats would actually like do that, and they continue to do that. Like it's one of those things. Like, and you know, I, I guess the right they started to wise up, and you know we child for a while but then you know it's okay to attack him it's okay to attack uh who's the other kid like the smiling kid but i think the smiling kid too you know the the whole thing the left like literally tried to demonize him and he almost got expelled like it's just so crazy because they don't even listen to their own advice and they never get any flack for it because the left controls the media and they control the narrative because of it yep and they control the language and what you've seen with greta is this is the left you know, bring out another puppet that they can use. And they're also, they're, they're creating, you know, they, they've put, they've, um, you know, people long before, uh, you know, the political, um, you know, puppet masters pulled her into the political arena. People were filling her up, injecting her with 
climate anxiety. About, they were making her fearful, anxious, scared about something she knows nothing about, most of us know nothing about, and brought her to this place. It's almost like mental abuse in a way because they're making her scared and fearful about something that we really shouldn't be afraid of. I mean, climate change, yes, it's an issue. It can have some effects, but it's not going to kill the world. The world's still going to keep spinning. I mean... And most people don't care about climate change, so I don't get why they think this is a smart play. I know why, I know partially why, but don't do it on this issue. Gun control is a better issue for them, because even though I disagree with it, it is a little more relevant than climate change, you know? I don't give any more ideas. I'm no, sorry. <laughs> yeah, we already had, like, David Hogg. I don't want to see them to keep doing that behavior. But, like, the only way you can fight against that is, like, making memes. Because the politicians can't do that, but like I've just sort of seen memes just start going everywhere, and I think that is the only real way you can combat this sort of tactic. You know, just kind of like you know having people just post memes everywhere. You know, don't have a politician do anything, but you know you can post a meme and it'll kind of make people laugh about it and and not take it seriously. Yeah. You can't you can't you shouldn't go and attack a child, but you know the sort of context around it, you kind of make that message like a joke. So next time you see it, you remember like the meme, and like I've been seeing some hilarious memes so far. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, it's great. They finally found a way to go and fight this fire, you know, yeah. to, to combat this tactic, and that's great. But and I, I predict that I'm using this more and more. Yeah, like, me too. Oh yeah, because yeah. there's, you know, it's just so difficult of a thing to do, like to go and fight against that. Mm-hmm. And there's limited visibility of any opposition to it too, because it's like the majority, the majority of the media, it really is liberal. Like, you know, you're not like it, it's going to take it, but it, by the time, by the time the smaller outlets, the smaller news outlets debunk everything that they do, it's like a whole bunch of other people have listened to this and have basically drank it in. And, you know, this is this is what we are. This is where we are right now. This is a bit off topic, but it's worth mentioning. We're getting into a little Twitter battle here on the Turning Point Twitter uh, with the uh, Yao chapter at Penn State. Oh, yeah. do they still exist? Apparently. Oh. They had a meeting. Like, their meetings? Well, there was a meeting the other day. I didn't show up. It wasn't even announced in the Yao announcements group me. It was announced in the College Republicans announcement group me. Oh, Oh yeah, because I can't. You know, like that. That's sad. Like that. That's really sad. We need to go and do all your stuff. Like you don't even put in your own group, man. Like they're they're conjoined at the hip because I feel like they won't be able to walk any other way. I know. You know it's like I had to go and like surgically like make someone into like a human centipede <laughs> to go and like function. Like, no, on. but but no, no. Seriously, it's 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 great that people are still going to these meetings. You know, it's still great. All three of them. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Oh, wait, that, yeah. Well, it's funny because um, it was in that bar stool thread again. And Yao said, well, the college Dems butted in and said, wait a minute, who are you? I guess talking to Bull Moose Party that's in there too. But Yao said, we'd also like to go on record as saying we don't like you guys. And I didn't know who they were referring to. So I said, us? Question mark. And Yao said at Penn State, Really depends on your leadership at any given time, Kirko Files, referring to Charlie Kirk. And then I said, How about our current leadership? And they said, Five out of ten. Ask them how to feel they brought to their meetings. Well, are you kidding me? Like, I think they're, they're trying. I think 
that's a um, some shade being thrown at our current exec board. Yeah, I mean, saying they only like two of us, not all four of us, and I think I know which two they don't like. Yep, I imagine this is being done by one particular individual. Yeah, I'm not gonna name any names because they don't need any more airtime. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, they can have fun attack like punching to the right and not doing anything important. You know, you guys can keep well, the good work. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. That's the lesson I'm trying to bring out here by mentioning is that why do we keep punching to the right on this source look, stuff? Look, look here, 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 here's what somebody once told me. When, when, pe when, less, when less accomplished people take pop shots at you, you're somebody. Yeah, you're doing something right. That's what Trump talks about yeah. a lot. Like with Rosie O'Donnell. He really, yeah, Rosie O'Donnell has success. Yeah, but she's still a loser. She has like bare minimum success and nobody knows about her anymore. Nobody cares about her anymore. I've never, I've, I've seen nothing uh, outside of standups. I've, I, I still, I don't know. I have no idea what she's been in. Like I've me really, neither. Yeah. I'm like, I, I know she had standups and I know she had some sort of like documentary on like an LGBT cruise or something like that or whatever. Cause I, mm -hmm. I saw it on a preview for another movie that what once was or something like that. But that was like, I want to say that was like 15 years ago or something. I don't know. I don't know. Like complete irrelevant, irrelevant would be an upgrade like that. That's how bad it is. Like, I'm just, I'm trying to figure out like, like she's, like, I guess she's on the view. She was on the view, I think. <laughs> Who I want to be on that show. I, I mean, look, I mean, yeah. at least I know with Whoopi Goldberg, don't like her either. At least I know what movies she's been in. Like, she's actually been in some de some pretty good stuff. And she, you know, there's there's talent. There's talent. There, there, there was talent there. You know, Color Purple, you know, got it. You know, Joy, Joy Behar, don't like her either. But... At least, you know, she was in Hall Pass and all that, whatever. I at least at least I can think of stuff that she was in. Like Rosie O'Donnell, I don't know what she's done. <laughs> yeah. Like, what? I, I And that's the thing. When a nobody starts attacking a somebody, that's when you know like You've done you've done pretty good for yourself. You've done good. You've done and they don't they're trying to get something out of you. They're trying to in a way be like a clout chaser. It's a grab onto your fame. It's pretty pretty dirty if you ask me. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm not trying to say I come anything special now because I'm not I'm just a little college kid. But just getting to a little level no, but of but, but it's like they're taking pop shots and you're 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 the the entire board is doing awesome stuff. Yeah awesome stuff like we're, we're we're like we're we've it's and the best is yet to come oh yeah the best <laughs> is yet to come yeah uh, like and all these people have taken and and first off let, let me just say um like 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 trevor and Brittany and and t they've done an Great incredible work. job, yeah. like an incredible job, put so much work into the, to this stuff. And, and, and it's just stuff that we believe in and we're behind it. And, and it's, and it's like, and they don't, I mean, they, they don't, they still don't get enough credit for what they do, but I like, but I, I, I appreciate all of it. I appreciate every bit of it. Oh, thank and you. I'm, and, and I'm like, 
and it's like you really don't like and, and when i say you i mean them yeah i'm like i'm like the people outside of tp you don't know you just don't i, I got it going okay all right yep yep see you later man all right catch you later man yeah last thing i last thing i want to say is uh because we have to close out here we're going over nine o'clock last thing i want to say is that one thing because trump talks about some the deal and i've noticed it right now and like i can say I'm, I'm nobody i'm so little college student but when you start getting a little bit of success, when you start getting a little bit of power, a little bit of leadership, a little bit of something, everybody wants to take it from you. They mm -hmm. want something from you. It's because they're nobodies. They want what you have and they want to they want a piece of your success to help them. It's 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 I'm not gonna lie, it's really man, it's something that does bother me and gets to you a little bit because you're just like, who do I trust? Who's really no. trying to be honest here? No, you, you've got a good group. Stick with I them. know, I know. You've got a good group. Yeah, I know. You've got I do. a really good group. I'm just saying the other forces that start coming in, you know? That's where it gets I'd tricky. I'd feel terrible. If I was with CR, I would I would feel terrible because I don't know who I could trust. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's throwing everybody under the bus, people talking behind each other's backs. I don't know. Like, I don't know what they have. Like, but, you know, hey, that's their problem, not, not ours. Yeah. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more real news.